0: Hi there. Welcome to the Ignite Your Wellness Business podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elsa McLean, physical therapist, coach, yoga teacher, massage therapist, and owner of Ignite Your Wellness Business. This is the podcast to help you as a wellness entrepreneur grow a profitable business with time to embody your own wellness practices using my proven formula. Hey there, wellness entrepreneur, welcome back. Today, I'm honored to have on special guest, Joe Clark. He's an author, a mystic, and a spiritual healer. And you want to make sure to listen to this episode all the way through. He talks about nuggets of wisdom on everything from how, when he first started his entrepreneurship, how he really didn't like marketing, and how he transitioned to actually looking forward to marketing and looking at it as an act of service for his people. So he showed up more consistently because now his marketing plan was in alignment with his beliefs and his value. He also talks about his transformation from selling one-off sessions to now packages of 13. And he talks about how he managed his time with writing book and now a busy schedule with clients. You'll also hear golden nuggets on how he cultivated his belief in his business, even when he didn't have a lot of clients or the evidence yet in his business to believe that it could be success. All of this is so critical if you're just starting out your wellness business or if you've been a wellness entrepreneur for some time, you know, are navigating through some plateaus or harder times or just to prepare you in case they come since the path of the wellness entrepreneur is never guaranteed and really lacks certainty all his nuggets of wisdom will help you take a step each day in faith and belief that you can make your wellness business the business that you really want and have been dreaming about and so we'll head over to the episode with joe right now enjoy Hi there, wellness entrepreneur. Welcome back today. I'm honored to have on special guest, Joe Clark, who is an author, a mystic, and a spiritual healer. Joe, we had you on a while ago. I'll have to track down the episode. It'll be in the show notes where you talked a little bit about who you help and what you're doing. So I'm so happy to have you back on.
1: Thanks. It's an honor to be back. I've been looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. So for those who maybe missed your first episode, why don't you give them a, a sneak peek into a bit about what you do and who you're helping, and then we'll get into an update of what you've been up to.
1: Absolutely. So I have a business I own. It's called Joseph Clark Spiritual Flourishing, Supportive Spiritual Guidance. And through that business, I help people who are struggling in life, people who are feeling stuck, people who are going through difficult transitions. And I use Reiki energy healing, mindfulness coaching, and spiritual dialogue to help them get unstuck, to help them navigate those transitions so they can get to where they're trying to go and so they can be more peaceful and enjoy the process more.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you've been much busier helping <laughs> yeah. more people. So congrats to you. Thank you. How's that been feeling?
1: Oh, it's been feeling really good. It's been feeling really good. You know, As, as you know from working with me, this process you know, there are times where it's difficult and it's scary. And especially at the beginning, when you're trying to get things going, you're operating a lot on faith and belief. And it's really beautiful now to see the evidence coming into alignment with those faith and beliefs we've had from the beginning. And that's coming to me in the form of new clients and clients signing up for longer engagements.
0: I love that. We'll dive into that for sure. I definitely want to talk more about the faith and belief because I think what you said will resonate with sometimes for sure the the new entrepreneur starting out, but also the one that maybe is just going through a rough patch or a slower time. And but first, I want to celebrate a major accomplishment of writing your first book. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and where they can find it, and what's what is it about?
1: Yeah, so the book is called Soul. It's spelled S O L, the Spanish word for sun, and. The subtitle is Supportive Guidance for Healing and Awakening. And this book came out of my personal spiritual healing and awakening process. It started really as a series of you can call them downloads, kind of streams of spiritual wisdom that began coming through me. And you know, that was a really kind of amazing and spectacular part of the spiritual awakening journey was to have that begin happening. I began writing down things that felt particularly helpful, interesting and insightful. And then I found myself with a bunch of them and I decided then to turn them into a book and that's what soul is. And, you know, I think the the simplest way to describe soul is to think about the five questions it, it centers around. And those are, what is our nature? What is our purpose? Why do we struggle? Why do we suffer? And how do we heal? And this book is really an invitation to take a fresh look at these questions and through the spiritual wisdom that I've channeled and then through the contextualization that I provide, I really hope that folks get a clear picture on those questions and get some guidance on how to move from that suffering state to that healing state.
0: Yeah, I love that. Those are s- such important questions to reflect upon. It can be daily, I think, or sometimes every so often. So how did you bring in those five questions or, you know, the embodiment of this work, how did that play a role? We'll come back to that faith and belief of, you know, believing that this will work for you, even, you know, when you didn't have as many clients as what you have now, how did, you know, the work of what you wrote about play a factor with the faith and belief that you did have, or you do have?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I love that question. It's, As you're asking, and I'm I'm having this image of, you know, a person standing, say, on one ledge, and there's a gulch or a canyon between them, and they're trying to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. And this image I'm having is of someone walking across that. And as they do, taking those steps of faith, the stones rise up to meet the foot. Mm -hmm. But it only rises when the foot moves forward to step. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, starting this business, it really was stepping off of that ledge without knowing for sure that I could get to the other side or how it would happen, but believing in my heart that it would Mm -hmm. and trusting that process to unfold. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about soul and one of the beautiful things about streaming spiritual wisdom is for me, it's kind of like, you know, going back to that image, it's kind of like a a star in the night sky that kind of glimmers for you. Mm -hmm. And just that glimmering gives you a sense of guidance, a sense of inspiration, a sense of connection, kind of a reminder that in this process that can feel so lonely and isolating that you're not alone Mm -hmm. and that there are powers and, and interests beyond what we're aware of in the moment that are serving us and supporting us. And that was really huge for me, especially in the really difficult parts of the awakening process. It helped me feel comfort, feel confidence to step forward, even when it was difficult, because I believed that something brighter was coming and that in the process of it, I could at least be good to myself and shepherd myself through the difficulty.
0: Yeah. I love that. And were there times that, you know, maybe you lost that belief or it reduced in intensity? Sam, how did you find your way back or get it back?
1: Mm, yes. This was, a, this was a recurring experience for me in the awakening process. You know, and candidly, it still is. And mm-hmm. what I found, you know, the, the image that's coming to mind for me is is of honey and mm-hmm. I think about kind of wild honey and the honey we raise for ourselves. And for me in this awakening process, when things get really dark, when things get desolate, when it feels hopeless, the honey I can give myself are things like beliefs and evidence, remembering what I've actually accomplished, remembering those qualities in myself that my loved ones reflect back to me, and remembering some of these pearls of wisdom and these insights that have come to me. And then what I call the wild honey is maybe more like the gift of grace. It's those things that come to you either from inside of you, a sudden insight, a sudden friendly reminder, a sudden feeling of calm when you weren't feeling that for a long time, or grace in the form of serendipity from the universe, a friend coming at a timely time, a text message out of nowhere from a friend you hadn't talked to in a while at just the right moment. And those are those little miracles that help us remember that yes, we are our own keepers in the process, but we're not alone in the process it's sometimes only by going into that difficulty and experiencing that difficulty that we open ourselves to that grace to come in the grace we give ourselves and the grace we receive from others
0: yeah and in that difficulty i find is you know that's when the the transformation occurs not mm-hmm. it's the i should say maybe it's more of the predecessor of the the transformation because it's you know it's you know like they say the diamond comes from the rough or the lotus comes from the mud it's it's through that difficulty that allows the transformation to occur do you find this to be true for yourself
1: 100% and you know the 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 thought that's coming to me with this is about yeah it's it's about our free will and our autonomy and that part of the human experience is doing our thing for a while and then we hit these transition points in life you know, for me, that's really what my spiritual awakening was, was this major transition process. And it involves a lot of breaking down of old ways of thinking. And when we cling to our old ways and fight, I think, you know, call it our, our spirit guides, you know, the, the powers above us that are watching over us and helping us. They let us do our thing. They kind of let us play our game and kind of stick to our guns. And it's when we finally have that courage to let go of those old beliefs and step into a space of difficulty and uncertainty and surrender. That's kind of that signal and that opening for grace to come in, mm-hmm. and the faith and the friendship is to be good to yourself in that process, and then trust that other kind of higher grace to come in when the time is right. And it's always a leap of faith.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And so, Joe, I'm I'm curious when you were writing a book, you were also getting new consultations and new clients. So tell me about how you were able to manage. The clients and writing your book.
1: Yeah, so it was it was a huge learning experience and and one that you really helped me with tremendously. And you know w- w- what what really feels like it was about for me was a willingness and an openness. I I sensed that when I was writing the book, there was something in me that wanted to get into a one track mind and mm-hmm. only focus on the book and kind of close my door to other potential clients coming in and. You know, it was hard to hear sometimes the truth, which was that doing that really doesn't serve my book or my clients, that that my spiritual guidance business and my book really go hand in hand and my openness to work with my clients and to learn how to become a better teacher in the process of working with them helps me then become a better writer in the book and vice versa. And again, that part of me that really wanted to oversimplify things and kind of shut other things down there was some resistance to that, but I'm really glad we pushed through that together because I really think both the book and my business benefited as a result.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Because they f- they feel and they feed into each other. Yeah. And when your book is released, when Soul is released, where can they find it?
1: So I encourage folks to find it on Amazon.com. It'll be listed and available there initially in a paperback and then eventually also in a digital version.
0: Cool. All right. So we'll put that information in the show notes or we'll link them to the website. Uh, do you have a anticipated publishing date?
1: It's going to be sometime in February to late February, early March. I'll, I should have that information in the next couple of weeks.
0: Okay. So if you want to stay up to date to that, you can go follow him on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle?
1: It's Flourish, underscore oceanside underscore Reiki.
0: Beautiful, and then, you, and then you'll then you know when it's ready. So Joe, let's talk a little bit more about this transformation as an entrepreneur because when we first started working together, you weren't quite a, a fan about two areas of entrepreneurship and one was marketing and one was selling packages and you've really uh, transformed in both those areas. Can we talk a little bit about those?
1: Yeah, gladly. Yeah, marketing. Initially, I, I had a lot of insecurity about it, a lot of reservation about it. You know, on the inside, there was a bit of like an ick factor or a just a feeling of real uncertainty and, and discomfort around it. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about going into this business and working with you was the opportunity to look at marketing in a new way and really to approach and experience it differently than I thought I could. And There were a lot of lessons and guidance that you've given me and that I've learned myself that really helped in that process. The one that's standing out the most is this image I remember you gave me of the notion that there are people out there right now who don't realize it yet, but they're the perfect fit to work with me. Not six months from now, not a year from now, but right now. And that what marketing is about is about putting a message out there whether it's an email and social media and a newspaper that when that person sees this message, they'll feel inside of them a resonance and a sense that, ah, yes, this is who I've been looking for. This is the person I want to be with. This is exactly the service that's right for me right now. And what I love about that is it's, you know, I think part of the reason I got stuck in marketing was it was about trying to like project an image. I was trying to say, you know, how can I put something up there that people are going to like, whether it's going to be impressive, it's going to be attractive. And what your model of marketing challenged me to do was to really get out of my perspective, try to go into my client's perspective, imagine the different types of people who right now would be perfect to work with me, and then thinking about their situations, their desires, their struggles, and then speaking directly to those, it kind of bypasses that part of us that wants to front And really lets us go heart to heart and so that was really powerful for me and it felt so in alignment with what i want to do that suddenly marketing felt like an expression of my business and a part of my business instead of something i was doing and putting up with to get back to my business
0: yeah i love that and i think what you said will resonate with so many people because i hear of this term of i really just don't want to self-promote and what you just described is the opposite of that because instead, marketing becomes a service because you're making that potential client life a little bit easier because now they don't have to hunt and Google search. Like your marketing makes your services accessible and available to them.
1: Amen. Amen. And that's, and when I find myself getting, frustrated with marketing, inevitably, I look at what I'm trying to do. And it's kind of that old thing again, of putting up the thing that I think is going to be shiny or attractive instead of really getting down and just speaking heart to heart to a person who I believe truly wants to work with me.
0: And do you have a protocol to kind of shift that perspective that you do right in the moment or before marketing to help with that?
1: You know, I that sounds like a really good idea. Um, <laughs> I, I I tend to more catch myself in the act and mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that helps me when I, when I do that is to go back to the practice of avatars. You've, you've taught me how, you know, to go into kind of a meditative state and to imagine who are those people out there who would want to work with me and to really flesh them out as, you know, a human being. And so when I'm, I'm feeling stuck in my marketing, I come back to that and I try to think about specifically a type of person to connect with and whether that ends up being how I market isn't so important as just shifting that mindset and getting out of that mode of trying to front and instead trying to connect.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think what you just said is helpful and will help other people to shift that perspective. And what he's mentioning is something I teach in the 100K messaging and marketing framework. And I know it's taught out there a lot to Focus on one avatar, your ideal client, and this one person that you want to speak to. But I find for a lot of health and wellness professionals and entrepreneurs, is that because, like Joe, you have a wealth of information, a wealth of certifications, a long history of experiences and skills, that you can really help a whole bunch of people. And so it's hard to narrow it down to one person. So we've been practicing for each of my clients is focusing on 3 to 5 different types of client avatars which helps you to simplify your messaging where you're talking to one person but then you can also have different types of messaging to those different types of avatars as joe's mentioned based upon you know the avatar's life circumstances where like for joe one one avatar might be a woman in her 50s who feels really stuck and she's lost and maybe is lacking some purpose and direction and fulfillment in in life. And another avatar of Joe might be um, a 65-year-old male who's retired and now is also lacking purpose and direction and maybe is overusing alcohol or other substances. So the avatars, his message to each of those will be really different and he doesn't have to try to combine them into one single email. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck or frozen trying to speak to everyone in one email.
1: Yes. And, and I much prefer that process. I mean, it, literally, as you were describing, like boiling it down to one, I felt that perfectionist part of my brain, like vibrating and mm. the thought instead of having three, four, five, six different people out there who I recognize can work with me. Yeah, it gets you out of that perfectionist rut. And it also just reminds you that your services can actually help more people than maybe even you believe. That's something that I've learned in my process. I I was pleasantly surprised by just how broadly those services could be beneficial and they would help people with issues that I didn't even think of to begin with. And that's something you only learn by getting out there and doing it. And I think the multi avatar approach helps with that.
0: Yeah, awesome. Love that. And let's talk about packages too, because I think this one can resonate with a lot of wellness entrepreneurs as well where you really favored and I do encourage this in the beginning to sell one-off sessions. And the good thing is it really worked for you because you were getting new clients in the door from your excellent marketing that you were doing. And then you realized okay, maybe packages could be beneficial for my for my business and my clients. Can you tell me a little bit about that shift?
1: Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning, the idea of a package was very appealing. I think I felt a lot of insecurity and hesitation around it. And, you know, I think part of it was kind of a built in just insecurity of being new. But there was also kind of this sense of, you know, what exactly am I going to tell the person is going to happen at the end when I haven't actually seen the process go all the way through? And so doing those individual sessions, especially with a variety of different clients, gradually gave me more of a, a sense and a vision of what those longer term engagements could be like for someone. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a good about a year and a half of doing primarily one, you know, kind of one-off sessions and having people then re-up with me organically before I really felt like I understood exactly what a 13-week package would involve for someone mm-hmm. where... In a consultation call, I could really give them a sense of the arc of that time together, what they can realistically expect, what their contributions would be, what I would be bringing to the table. And that just grew organically out of continuously going out there and working with new people and noticing the benefits it was providing them.
0: Yeah, I love that. Because you really just took your time and you were submersed in your own process and the own experience. You weren't trying to force, okay, I hear that having a high ticket offer and packages. I hear that that's good. You didn't force it upon yourself. You just waited till it felt in alignment for you. And then when you decided, you just started selling them, which is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and for me, the, the consult call is really kind of the crucible there. It's, it's can I show up in that consult and really look that person in the eye and stand behind that offer? And mm-hmm. you know, I don't think you have to wait until you feel... One hundred percent with that, but you certainly, I think, have to feel at least confident enough to try. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me a while to get there, and with your help, I did, and, and now it's really paying off.
0: Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. And yeah, that's another part we worked on too was the consultation calls. What were some key takeaways for you that really helped develop the the confidence in those calls in selling your packages?
1: Yeah, so so for me, you know, my one of the things that I struggle with sometimes in these situations is kind of overthinking and kind of getting lost in all the possibilities of how things can go. I get overwhelmed. And you gave me a really beautiful framework to use. And that really helped me get a feel for how consult calls could go. And that framework really was, you know, connecting with the person in the beginning, letting the person share their story and their struggles, and then bridging the gap between what they share and how you can be of service to them. And really boiling it down that way, I just felt so much of my stress and anxiety around the consultation release. And then within that framework, I felt comfortable to then to experiment and to tinker. And, you know, as we've talked about in our sessions, I've learned through trial and error what's working well and what isn't. But really, it comes back to that that combination of listening, being receptive, and then sharing your truth. Not a canned response like, okay, I've listened to you for a while. Now let me kind of pull the string on my back and give you my marketing pitch, but really connecting what you sell to what they said and to how you think you can help. And that's been huge for me.
0: Yeah, I think that's huge. And I maybe some people are taking a, a deep sigh of relief right now because you don't need a sales script and you don't need to say the same thing over and over again in regards to your program even if you do have a framework. Like for me, I definitely have a framework in the Awaken program, but every consult that I do is a little bit different because how I position the framework is really dependent upon what that person says on the call. So I'm catering the program's goals to their goals or their needs and wants. And that keeps it simple too for myself.
1: Yeah, it really does. And then you know, and as I look back on it now, it's it's so in alignment with the value of the service you provide. I mean, if, you're, if your consult is canned and scripted and doesn't really feel organic, that's not the vibe the potential client's going to get for you. And it doesn't set the right tone for that relationship. And so, yeah, I love the way you put that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. In this transformation, because it's been huge of going from, you know, just a, a couple clients to now many clients and selling packages and you're showing up consistently in your marketing and you have a book and you're, you're living the dream. You're doing the work. What do you think has been the biggest, like thoughts that you carry with you to keep you going or, and, or beliefs or feelings that keep you going during like the ups and downs, which is normal as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two things are coming to mind. The first is, yeah, not, not quitting on what truly matters to you and yeah the second is you know and this this for me is really central to my business is that there's nothing as powerfully healing in life as a true heart to heart conversation with another person
0: Mm.
1: and you know the the theme of my spiritual guidance business when since the beginning has been connect with the present moment through the heart and that really has been the central theme of my spiritual journey and You know, if you really kind of ask me brass tacks, what do I do? Like, what is my job? I see myself as a guide who helps you strengthen and deepen and enrich your connection with your heart. And then your heart is your guide through life. Mm. So I kind of guide you to yours. And, you know, honoring that core truth of myself, when I'm doing that, everything else unfolds. And then it's really about more about prioritizing, taking care of myself and making the wisest choices I can. And remembering that that temptation to quit, that that urge to quit, which, you know, being real is a recurring thing, you know, still happens for me. Just remembering that it's that part of myself that's trying to cling to my old way, to those ways that used to work for me and used to serve me. And I kind of want to run back to them because I don't like how difficult it feels to be uncertain, how difficult it feels to not know how things are going to go in the future and so when I remember what that really is, and then I get back to my core principle of connecting with the heart, from there, it's just about making wise choices and being being a friend of myself.
0: Yeah, so many golden and wise nuggets in the, that statement, so much. One thing I think that I want to make sure that people caught was that the old patterns sometimes They sneak up on us. We think we've transformed and grown from them. And then all of a sudden, whoops, there it is, that anxiety or that worry or racing, forcing our business to grow faster and trying to race and hustle ahead. We think that we can, you know, if we transform, then these old patterns are eradicated. But I've found this personally not to be true, that sometimes they just come back because, you know, they were a pattern in, in our life, possibly for a long time. And I think it's maybe unrealistic to say that, you know, we're going to transform and then they're going to be gone completely. Do you, have you found that to be true for yourself?
1: Completely. And, you know, I, what's calling to mind for me is this, is this deep truth that even those fears and those insecurities, you know, that, that streak of self-sabotage in us that, Is urging us to quit or to take reckless action. You know, a a truth that's been revealed to me time and again, especially at difficult points in my awakening process, is that everything in life is a teacher and a gift. And it certainly does not seem that way a lot of the times, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. But in deep reflection and sometimes in moments of real clarity, we can see it. And, you know, one of the ways that I've begun to visualize my old ways of thinking and that self-sabotage instead of seeing it as something that's just trying to claw us back into an old way, it's also kind of something kind of pushing us from behind, almost like with a little like whip or writing crop to push us into that future that we know we want, but we're afraid to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes that quitting coming up and being like, Hey, don't you want to just throw it all away, you know, put it all into the wind to kind of get back and to be like, God, you know, I really don't. Mm-hmm. And as Scary as it is to step into this future, I'd rather do that than to quit on myself and to give up on what I really want. And it's thinking it's in those moments you know where you take those leaps of faith and you trust yourself. and then then when I look back at how my business has grown and where I've grown the most, it's always stemmed from those key moments where it's put starkly in front of me. do you want to go back or you go forward and you breathe and you pause and then you don't necessarily even choose, you just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. and that's
1: what makes it happen.
0: I love that. And you're like recommitting and doubling down on your goal by doing that or your vision. And I just had a conversation with a client about this uh, just yesterday. I think it was on how at the end of last year, I made some big investments and they were I felt edgy because my finances were in a different place. I haven't ever invested that way before, but I knew I have this strong belief that, you know, the Allison of... at the end of 2024 or into 2025, however long it might take, will be so grateful for the courageous action that I took now. Like future me will be so grateful for stepping into this place of kind of shakiness and edginess now. And so I just always think of like, even who I am today, I'm always like, so appreciative and grateful for past me, for doing Mm -hmm. all that I did and all that I've gone through to get me to where I am now.
1: God, that's just such a beautiful dynamic of of a combination of faith and then gratitude that grows out of this continually reinvesting faith in yourself, which then naturally leads to appreciation for the bravery of those choices you made and the wisdom of doing that. I just love that because I think we all know in our hearts the benefit of gratitude practice, but we also know that when you just are going off a reminder on your phone and you're like, oh, <laughs> be grateful for five things. like yeah. it, It's a good habit, but there's no substitute for meaning it. And mm-hmm. what you're describing to me sounds like a process of cultivating and generating that gratitude one courageous decision at a time.
0: Yeah. Love that. You put it so succinctly. Thanks. Okay. And I have to bring up this. Like, do you have any advice or takeaways or insights for people who maybe are on the fence to invest in coaching? How has coaching helped you through this whole process?
1: Hmm. I mean, the the words that want to jump out are so much, so hmm. much. God, and you know, really kind of piggybacks on what we just talked about, which is investment. You know, I I remember when when we were first talking and I was debating whether to work together, I remember the thought that kept coming back to me was I I would look at my bank account balance Mm -hmm. and my thought was, how can I stretch this as far into the future as I can? Mm -hmm. And the thought at the time was that I'm doing myself in the the business a favor because I'm prolonging its life by doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I need to kind of cling to all the money I have to extend that potential time that every bit I was taking out of my account was shortening the lifespan of my business. You know, your ability to coach me was evident in our consult call because when I said that, it would have been so easy for to kind of say, Oh, well, that's how you think. I guess, you know, I'll leave you that way. Mm-hmm. But you respectfully engaged me on that mm-hmm. and you invited me to see it differently as what if you're going to take money now, invest it as a belief in yourself and a belief in your business because you think that money is going to generate more income down the road. And you know, in the short term, it's going to help you become a better practitioner. And when, when it was put in those terms, I really couldn't deny anymore that it was the right decision. At that point, it was just about making peace with that part of my ego that wanted to cling to the old way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And that was another credit to you was you gave me the time to do that, to come to it on my terms. And then once we did, I didn't look back.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you did. I must have been having a good day.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: Sounds very profound.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Funny. Yeah. And I think that is, is such an important part because it is with any investment, whether it be coaching or uh, a program or any any type of in, uh, a software program, any type of investment you want to make in your business, it's easy to look at what you might be losing by taking on that payment. But instead, with that perspective, you're also missing out on the potential of what you could be gaining which could be so much more than the actual cost of the program
1: yeah and that's and that comes back to that thing we talked about at the beginning that leap of faith and and the courage and the confidence to not buy into that scarcity mindset and to instead to recognize i can get better i can grow and i'm going to grow more effectively and i'm going to get better more quickly if there's a pro someone who's an expert, who's been through this, who has experience to guide me through this. You know, I, I mean, I think if we look back throughout human history, we've had things like apprenticeship mm-hmm. and rites of passage. We've always had ways that elders or more experienced people have shepherded us through the transitional processes of life. And I think a good coach really is that person because they've been there themselves. They've started their business. And thanks to their personal experience and the experience they've gained working with other people in business, they can share perspectives that can spare you heartache and hassle and difficulties that you don't have to go through if you can simply get the benefit of their perspective and their help.
0: Yeah, that's so well put. And I think for wellness entrepreneurs, I don't know why, like, it's in healthcare, it's in yoga, it's in uh, the coaching communities, the spiritual communities, that it's okay to spend thousands of dollars on a mentor or a guru or a practitioner training. Like that's very acceptable and common in the marketplace. However, it's not the same When it comes to like business coaching, it seems like that's like a whole other investment that people think is like either risky or a luxury. And if you're going to spend that much on your practitioner skills and become an entrepreneur, it's so critical to also spend that investment on your business skills. Or if no one, if you don't have the clients to help, then all that money you're spending on your practitioner skill is is i, I don't want to say it's going to waste but it's not being optimized as well as it could be
1: amen and you know the the reality is for most of us the way we're going to interact as practitioners with clients is through the framework of a business mm-hmm. and so if we divorce practitioner development from business development we're actually creating an artificial divide and if we're only building ourselves up on the practitioner side but not on the business side We're not going to connect with nearly as many people who could benefit from our services. And we're not going to grow as much as people. I mean, I'm finding a lot of these resistances and barriers I have to growing as a business person are really things that have been in me my whole life. They've Mm -hmm. shown up in other ways, in my family dynamics, my romantic relationships. And now they're also coming up in business. And so this business growth process is really an opportunity to heal and resolve some of these inner knots and hangups and kind of unresolved confusion that may have been lingering for a long time. And in that desire to make this business succeed, you finally have the courage. And really, it's put before you. Do you want to let this keep holding you back or do you want to grow and move forward? And the more you make that choice, the better off you are. And I think if you really see your business side of the business as an opportunity to grow instead of just something to kind of put up with and get through – you actually then become a better practitioner in the process because you're resolving more of your inner stuff, which helps you resolve more for your clients too.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's it's both for you and the clients. Yeah. You, you become a better practitioner. I know I have like through all of this, 100%. Yeah. I love this. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time today and all your words of wisdom. Do you have any parting words or advice that you really want to make sure... That the listener hears and gets today?
1: I do. And the, the word is friendship. You know, the, in what we do in, in serving other people, there are a lot of roles we assume, a lot of labels we embrace healer, practitioner, author, coach. And, you know, in the, in the business framework with the exchange of money, with budgeting, with marketing, with all these things, it's very easy, I think, to lose ourselves into these roles and to let these roles define both how we interact with the people that we're meeting and how we interact with ourselves. And I think if we look, if we kind of clear the rubble and we ask, you know, what, what is it in life that brings the greatest gifts to us, the most grace, the most gladness, those memories we treasure the most, the things we look forward to most, it's, it's really friendship the friendship we feel with others, and the friendship we feel and we give to ourselves. And so what I encourage you to do as you're working on your business and you're developing as a practitioner and as you're working with clients is to never let friendship get too far away. And if you find yourself getting stressed, if you feel like those interactions with your clients aren't going the way you think, if you're finding that you're struggling in business Instead of kind of doubling down on trying to fix it as a problem, see it as an invitation to cultivate more friendship. Begin with yourself by giving yourself breaks, letting yourself do those things you truly enjoy, and then recognize that the more you do that to yourself, the more you fill your own inner cup with your own love, your own kindness, your own friendship, the more naturally you can share that with others because you know you're always going to be refilling it yourself. And you're only going to share as much as you can from your heart and from your integrity. And for me, this word friendship has been kind of the guiding star through this entire process. And no matter how far I get off track, if I reconnect with that star, it brings me back to my heart. And then from there, it's just about being good to myself and making wise choices.
0: I love that. So huge. And you can have a wonderful friendship with your business. Like, in, mm, and mm-hmm. I, I practice and some, depending on conversations with my clients, I teach this as well Is that, like, your business can have its own spirit and entity. And mm. sometimes you might ask it, like, as a friend, am I treating it well? Or am I beating it up? You know, <laughs> yeah, am I yeah. a good friend to my business today?
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for your time. Tell us again your Instagram ha- handle and your website so they can track you down and go get your book.
1: I sure thing. So, Instagram handle is Spirit Flourish underscore Oceanside underscore Reiki, and my website is jdcspiritual.com, dot com. J D is in dog, C is in cat. spiritual.com.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much.
1: Cool. Thanks, Allison.
0: Hey, if you're ready to grow your wellness business, I want to invite you to work with me. You're going to make your first six figures and then scale beyond. Your next step is to book a free consultation at igniteyourwellness.com. That's igniteyourwellness.com. Okay, I'll see you there. Bye.